An Irishman went into the confessional box after being away from the church for many, many years. And he was surprised to discover on one wall a fully stocked bar with Guinness on tap. And then on the other end of the box, he found the finest selection of chocolates and cigars. And then the priest comes into the box, and our man says, Forgive me, Father. It's been many, many years since I've made a confession. But I have to admit, confession box is much more inviting than it used to be. And the priest said, Get out. You're on my side. <laughs> side are you on? Are you on Martha's side or Mary? This famous story, this classic story from Luke chapter 10. Let's vote. How many of you side with Martha? You sympathize with Martha. Okay, how about Mary? Alright, Martha got a lot more hands. And certainly it is quite possible to look at this passage, Luke 10, 38 through 42, from the perspective of Martha. She's busy. She has a very, very, let's say that word together, very important guest. There is food to be served. There are details to attend to. And Martha's sister Mary, perhaps her little sister, is in the living room Listening to Jesus with the men. What is Mary's problem? She needs to get her little you-know-what into the kitchen. Can you feel Martha's frustration? And certainly, if you read the passage that way, we can sympathize with Martha. Wanting to challenge the Marys of the world to get up and get going. But if you were to read the passage that way, you would be missing something. You would be missing something. The Reverend Dr. Elizabeth Johnson, who's a New Testament professor, she gives us this helpful insight about this passage. Quote, The problem with Martha is not that she is busy serving and providing hospitality. Certainly, Jesus commends this kind of service to neighbor many times. The problem with Martha is not her serving, but rather that she is worried and distracted. Martha's distraction and worry leave no room for the most important aspect of hospitality, gracious attention to the guest. In fact, she breaks all the rules of hospitality by trying to embarrass her sister in front of her guests and by asking her guests to intervene in a family dispute. She even goes so far as to accuse Jesus of not caring about her. Lord, do you not care? End of quote. Okay, so maybe Martha wasn't being as gracious and as hospitable as we thought. Maybe she could have handled it differently, talked to Mary privately, perhaps. But even then, if you were to read the passage that way... Even then, if you were to read the passage that way, you would still be missing something. You'd still be missing something. You'd still be missing why Jesus says that Mary has chosen 
the better part. You'd be missing the aha of the passage. And the aha of this passage is into that in verses 39 and 40 of Luke 10. Listen carefully. Maybe you'll catch what's going on this time. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, and listened to what Jesus was saying. That Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Do you see what's going on? Catch on yet? In the time of Jesus, sitting at the feet was a technical term. It was a technical term. To sit at a rabbi's feet meant that you were that rabbi's student. You were that rabbi's apprentice. That you were under that rabbi's authority. You followed his teaching. In other words, to sit at the feet of a rabbi meant that you were that rabbi's disciple. Mary has chosen to be a disciple. But Martha, because of her worries and her distractions, has missed out on the invitation to discipleship. You got the aha yet? Oh, but there's more. But first, a humorous hiatus. Pope Francis calls an emergency meeting of the world's cardinals. They all gather, and he says, Brothers, I have good news and bad news. And the chief cardinal says, Holy Father, what, what's the good news? And Pope Francis says, the Lord has returned. I just got a telephone call from him. And there was much excitement and awe among the cardinals. Holy Father, what, what's the bad news? And Pope Francis sighed. <sighs> the bad news is that he calls from Salt Lake City. <laughs> got to think about that one. time of this passage, Luke 10, 38-42, who were called as students, apprentices, and disciples of rabbis? Men. Exclusively men. And yet here in this passage, Jesus is opening this to women. This is radical! In fact, it's so radical that not only was Martha perhaps distracted by her worries and her she was perhaps distracted by her own spiritual and cultural assumptions about the status of women and their role in the spiritual life. Do you have another aha? Uh-huh? And by the way, that is a very good question to ask. It's a painful question sometimes. It's a very good question to ask ourselves. As individuals, as a church, as a country, as global citizens... Are our spiritual and cultural assumptions preventing us from doing God's will? From seeing things God's way? Whether we're talking about the status of women, immigrant issue, or that person you run into at work or wherever who really annoys you. Are our spiritual and cultural assumptions getting in the way of us doing God's will? Maybe you've had another aha moment. But we haven't even gotten to the most difficult part of this passage when it comes to this passage, Luke 10, 38-42. And here it is. Are you a Martha? Not meaning are you a doer, but meaning you are the kind of doer who gets so distracted by the doing that you miss 
Da-da-da-da! What Jesus calls the one thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, the one thing. Do you miss the one thing? Now, while you're mulling that over, let's be very clear. Loving God, Mary, loving neighbor, Martha, are at the heart of Jesus' teaching. That's why our mission at St. John's isn't just love God, and it isn't just love others. It's both. Anyway, back to the challenging question. Are you a Martha? Not meaning are you a doer, but you are, the, are you the kind of doer who gets so distracted with the doing that you miss the one thing that Jesus talks about here in the text. Question. Have you ever known a man who was so busy providing for his family that he got distracted to the point of missing the one thing? His relationship with his family. Have you ever seen that? And if this is you, wake up, call. Question. Have you ever seen a woman who got so involved in some good cause, some good activity, so busy with it, she got distracted from the one thing, the actual cause, the people she was serving? Have you ever seen that? If this is you, wake up, call. Sadly, sadly, you can spend a lot of time doing churchy things. Hanging out at church, serving on church committees, and actually entirely miss the one thing. Being a disciple. Having a relationship with the Lord. Relationship with God. Relationship with Christ. The Spirit. Have you been missing... The one thing. Maybe you've had another aha moment, but this time about yourself. And did you know that actually, whole churches, actually whole denominations can do this too. They get so distracted by churchianity that they entirely miss Christianity. They get very busy with lots of good things. Potlucks and tutoring children and advocating for justice and gatherings and so forth. All good things. Things that disciples should be doing. But you can do all those things and still miss the one thing. Have we been missing the one thing at St. John's? Maybe you had another aha moment. Whether it's about St. John's or the... Our denomination of the church worldwide in North America. Missing the one thing. Now, whether you've been missing it as an individual, or whether it's the denomination of the whole church in North America, or whatever, the remedy is the same. The remedy is the same. Choose the better part. Sit at the Lord's feet. Choose to become a disciple. Remember, a churchgoer is not the same thing as a disciple. You can go to church your whole life, you can go for decades and not become a disciple. Though disciples do go to church, they strive to worship weekly. Here at St. John's, we believe that love transforms lives. If you believe that love transforms lives, say, Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And love rooted in the life and teachings and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And it's that kind of love. It's that lifestyle of love. It's that discipleship of love that you commit yourself to every time you kneel at that altar rail or any altar rail in this world and receive. You're committing yourself to that lifestyle, that discipleship of love when you sit at the Lord's feet at the altar rail. So, when you lift your hands to receive Holy Communion this morning, receive Christ. So that when you go out those doors into your life, you will live as a disciple. Loving God and loving others. Amen.